It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, world. It's Sandra London, and you're with you're listening to. <laughs> Playtime with Sandra. I'm going to start off tonight's broadcast with uh, the song that was playing towards the end of last week's episode, uh, Houdini Act by Mongrel. And then I'll be right back with news updates and later uh, some really cool information. And I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I. There we go. <laughs> and so, yeah, here we go. Starting. Now I have to find it. My bad, you guys. One, two, three. Here we go. Stop. 
Houdini Act by Mongrel. So, it is April 1st, April Fool's Day, and what better way to celebrate than to talk to um, a lawyer? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just thinking about that whole joke. I might completely misquote it or something. Like, if you represent yourself, you have a fool for a lawyer and a fool for a client. Um, Yeah. There's some kind of joke I was trying to make there, but oh well. Anyways, <laughs> we'll be having that interview a bit later in the broadcast, but for now, um, I actually need to go through my files because some of the ones I plan to play this evening are like not present <laughs> in my studio at the moment. But I do have um, a couple different things I can read off to you um, as far as some recent news and stuff like that. Um, one of them, one of the little news briefs that I saw that was kind of interesting is that Egypt has just banned internet porn, and they block internet pornography websites. So, huh, okay. I didn't even know they ever allowed it, but I guess that's interesting. And uh, the Justice Department has just posted a 30-day uh, 2257 um, public comment notice for all uh, videographers of adult material that they need to have their records in place and be uh, fully compliant of uh, the 2257 uh, laws uh, regarding adults in the depiction of sexual situations and the like. Uh, Yeah, I will give you some more updates again in just a little while, but right now let me go ahead and play a song for you. Ooh, which one? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to play Cut the Chain, and that's by the Mike McCulloch Band. And here you go.
That was Cut the Chains by the Mike McCulloch Band. You can listen to more of their sounds at NakedGirlsRadio.com anytime. And, uh, yeah, I hope you liked that. Um, Let's see what else. I actually did find those files. I guess my studio didn't actually have it in alphabetical order. It was just at the end. Yay. So, woohoo! we can continue forward. Awesome. Um, yes, let's see. Yesterday, um, I had a big old party, which was great. Um, I got to see my family and friends, um, and my dog got, like, his latest new playmate, who is awesome. It's a little three-year-old dog, uh, named EJ, who's awesome. And so, yeah, my dog is a bit freaked out, but he actually grew to at least uh, not go buck wild um, <laughs> towards the end of, of EJ's first visit to play with his new friend. So all happy about that. Um, and I have, I guess, some more things coming up pretty soon. Uh, I believe my YouTube suspension will be over in the next two or three days. And <laughs> I will have so much more material for everyone to check out. Uh, anyone who's not familiar with my YouTube channel can check it out on SandraLondonTV.com or YouTube.com slash TV. I also will have um, a webcam clip of Lulu Love on my YouTube channel and on my website to liveandgrindinla.com very soon, and it'll be uh, a more X-rated version of uh, the interview that I had with her last week, if you guys uh, check that out on my site. Uh, so now we can move into... Hmm, okay. Last week I played a different song. Let's see, where is he? Oh, Marty. <laughs> you have to excuse me. I'm getting my brain back little by little. Like, all my energy has gone towards this little four-pound bundle of claws and teeth and <laughs> gooiness. Uh, yeah, last week I played Booty on You by Mr. Frizio. That was a really cool, fun, party-style song. And I'm going to play another one of his songs that I like quite a bit. And that's called Got a Hater by Mr. Rizio. And here you go. Check it out.
to check that out. They're actually selling tickets for $30 um, on uh, nakedgirlsradio.com. So if you want to do that, feel free to check them out. And for now, I will put on uh, one of my erotic uh, readings that came from uh, my Sandra London TV channel, and it is called (laughs) Four White Nights. Here you go. Hello, party people. Right now, I'm going to read for you uh, a poem by one of my favorite French écrivains, Mr. Charles Baudelaire. And I will start... Right now, I don't know if I should do it in English or in French. I don't know. Um, you know what? I'm just going to start with um, where that poem came from on my former um, postings of my blog when it first started off with WordPress. Anyways, okay. So, A Night for White Nights. I always do depend on the kindness of strangers. Today calls for a tribute to the white knights in shining armor who have been so generous throughout my lifetime and career as a web chick. You mean so very much, and you do so very much, to make me smile, to make me laugh, to make me thank the stars above that they're living, breathing angels right here on Earth. Here's to a long, luxurious alliance of kindred spirits, lonely hearts, abundant moments of joy, and unbridled excellence. It's all because of you that any of this is possible. You keep me going through good times and bad, through the dawn's early light, and the periods of the abyss, which befall despite my most earnest intentions. In honor of you, and in honor of this tribute, (laughs) here's one of my most favorite poems by Monsieur Charles Baudelaire. (laughs) Okay. I'm passant. La rue, assourdissante, autour de moi hurlait, longue, mince, un grand deuil, douleur majestueuse. Une femme passa, d'une main fastueuse, soulevant, balançant, le feston et l'hurlait. Agile et noble, avec sa jambe de statue, moi, je buvais, crispé, comme un extravagant. Dans son oeil, ciel livide, J'aime l'ouragan, la douceur qui fascine et le plaisir qui tue. Un éclair, puis la nuit, fugitive beauté, dont le regard m'a fait soudainement renaître. Ne te verrai-je plus que dans l'éternité? Ailleurs, bien loin d'ici, trop tard, jamais peut-être, car j'ignore où tu fuis. Tu ne sais où je vais, au toi qui je sonnais, au toi qui le savais. And this was my English translation. The busy boulevard screeched all around me, long, thin, and great mourning, majestic sorrow. A woman passed, of such controlled, elegant poise and grace, lifting, swinging, her hymns and her steam. Agile and noble with her statuesque legs, me, I was drunk in her presence, 
pretense like an extravagant, and her eyes a blue sky from which hurricanes are stirred, a fascinating tenderness and a pleasure which kills, a flash, the nightfall, fugitive beauty, whose eyes had so suddenly awakened me within. Will I never see you again for all of eternity? Elsewhere, quite far away from this moment, too late, never, perhaps, for I have no idea where you have fled. You know not of where I am going. Oh, you, who I would have loved. Oh, you, who knew this all along. Voila, that concludes the reading of A Une Façon by Mr. Charles Baudelaire. Good night. So that was uh, Four White Nights, the audio-only version for your listening pleasure. And I actually kind of have an idea. I don't know when it may come to pass. I'm not quite sure. But I'm thinking of doing, like, an additional broadcast in the future, like maybe a weekly thing of uh, 15 or 30 minutes of, like, reading uh, some of my favorite French authors in their original language um, for everybody to check out, um, along with some very nice uh, lessons on naughty words in French. So I'm going to be thinking about it some more and some more, and it will probably happen within the next month or so. Uh, But, yeah, I, let's see, I'll go ahead and play, oh, maybe one more song, and then I'll be bringing that interview to you, and I hope you'll tune in to check out Evolution by Pipe Dream. Uh, Be forewarned, the song has a lot of energy. (laughs) It's really fun, but it's very, very just electric or something. (laughs) This is Evolution by Pipe Dream. Ooh, and guess what? They're French. Woohoo!
And that was Evolution by Pipe Dream. And I just wanted to let everybody know, um, what was it, last week um, I was on uh, Playboy Radio Morning Show um, as a guest Colin uh, contestant for their March Madness competition. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys all tuned in or not, but uh, you can probably catch it on an archive if you go to Sirius or XM uh, 99, uh, definitely online, you can look it up. But I was giving my best bad girl story for my competition. So if you want to hear exactly how naughty that got, <laughs> I, I invite you to go check that out. And I also mentioned a week or two ago how I entered the Miss Free Ones competition. Voting for that officially begins next week. I believe uh, April 7th. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Go to freeones.com or missfreeones.com and submit your vote for me or your favorite lovely leading lusty lady. So, we're going to get down to this interview. And let me give a brief introduction. I'm going to be interviewing Anthony F. List Jr., who is a lawyer in Pennsylvania. Um, and his website is palicenselawyer.com, and um, we'll have a good old time just going over, I don't know, just sort of national news. There's a lot of hot topics with all kinds of cases in the news uh, lately with Trayvon Martin, um, people going crazy on planes, uh, <laughs> all kinds of stuff like that, and um, I guess some really perhaps interesting funny anecdotes uh, that Anthony can share with you all about uh, his life as a lawyer, um, his interests, uh, and I guess just getting to know about what's going on. So let me see. You know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to call him up because it's quite late over there on the East Coast, so I wasn't going to force him to have to make sure to call me. So let me go ahead and enter the number in. Right about now. Oh my goodness. Let's see. Call my papers now. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I think this is my first time actually dialing a guest on the show. <laughs> Hello? 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 Yo, it's Sandra London with Playtime with Sandra, Rise and Shine. Rise and Shine. How you yeah. doing, Miss Thing? Good, good. How are you? Did you have a good dinner um, whenever <laughs> earlier? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, the batch of spaghetti, you know how it goes. Ah, nice, nice. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, my God. I was trying to remember. Okay, so I was, like, letting him know some of the topics that I wanted to go over for for tonight's broadcast. Um, I'll probably forget most of them. My brain's been, like, definitely mushed since this dog is like, I think he's secretly eating. Are we food. on right now? Yes, we're on right now. Oh, Sorry. no. Sorry, am I babbling? No, I'm kidding. Am I babbling? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
anyway, okay, so anyway, enough about me and this Theodore boy here. Tell me and tell my listeners um, about you, about your life, um, like, uh, I don't know, college, golf, baseball, whatever you got before. <laughs> well, I, I went to college here back east, a small school in Maryland. I played baseball for one year, didn't see much of a future in that, so then I went to law school, and that's what I've been doing now for, I've been an attorney now for about 11 years. That's Wait, more now. What am I talking about? Oh, my God, it's been like 12 years. Wait, <laughs> 13, Wait. holy shit. Okay. Time flies. <laughs> I guess it does, but what? what, can you explain, like, the jump between baseball to law, like, I don't, can you well, like, when you run, like, you got a piano on your back and you see guys are just running circles around you and you kind of see that, you know, not to mention all the other guys are on steroids and you're not, it's kind of like, eh, there's not much of a future here when you're 5'10", barely 180 pounds and can't run. Like, you can hang with them a little bit, but, you know, it's, it's, it's time to think about doing something else when you're, like, 23 years old, so... Would you say law, law is less demanding then, being in the legal field, that's less demanding? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I only did the baseball thing for really one year, but um, I don't know if I'd say less demanding. I mean, it's not as much fun as it was playing baseball, uh, but it's more consistent and obviously more reliable. Well, uh, I mean, surely, surely have fun, right? Do I have fun because practicing like, law? Yeah, sometimes yeah. I do. I do basically criminal defense law, and one of the areas that I've specialized in uh, over the past few years has been more or less motor vehicle traffic. Uh, Some DUI, because that is a branch of criminal law, believe it or not, even though it's just traffic tickets, but I do also do, like, regular criminal cases. Like, I've had, you know, trials with drug cases and, you know, uh, attempted homicides. I think you knew about that one. I had that back in November. Um, So, yeah, it's like I do a lot of that stuff and occasionally personal injury, like a good friend of mine, uh, his, her mother slipped and fell, and, you know, on this totally uh, very dangerous condition of the street in Philadelphia. So there's definitely going to be like a lawsuit there. Um, so I'm kind of like a general practitioner, but I just do not touch like family law. That was one of the things I did when I first came out was, uh, you know, custody and divorce, and it's just totally nauseating. Really? Yeah, that's the most stressful kind. Oh, yeah. It's the most stressful kind, and and the parties act so immature you want to wring both their necks, including your own clients, because they're just just like big babies about it, you know. (laughs) And you see the the kids get put in the middle of it. It just turns your stomach the whole time. You know, they just want more uh, visitation time. That's not really what it's about. It's not about them visiting their kids. It's about them getting back at their ex and using their kids to do that. And that's where I'm just like, you know. I see. So does that mean, like, criminals are a lot more warm and fuzzy? <laughs> you know what? That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Like, I've, I've wanted to I've wanted to go upside the head of far more of the, the few family clients I had than, than the criminals, without a doubt. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Well, okay, I guess... Sorry, that's not sound professional. I'm just being honest. <laughs> 
it is what it is. I don't know. Like maybe you found your niche. You like what you do. And who can fault that, right? That's good. Yeah. I don't. I I know that like with like some of my my family, um, like god sisters and stuff like that, that they went into, uh, like family work in a sense as far as like uh, social work, and right. then, like rescuing kids from homes. And yeah, it was pretty soul. That's gut wrenching. I don't know how, how do they do it. <laughs> um, not for very long. <laughs> Exactly. That's I'm not why all quite the. Sure. It didn't really. Yeah, I don't believe they're in those careers any longer. I think most people start out like very, you know, inspired um, and passionate about what they do, and then they just right. stuck up against the system and realize their idealism doesn't take them past. Doesn't the take. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I can see how that could apply in your case as well, or it might be a lot more clear cut with different types of cases or things like that. Yeah, well, the, the family stuff is kind of like this along the same lines. You're, you know, you're dealing with families that are screwed up, and not that everyone's family is perfect, nobody's is, but, you know, uh, like whether it's your, your uh, people in your family that are doing the social work, you know, God love them for doing that, but it's just, it's really, I mean, more lawyers burn out doing that kind of law actually than any other the family law because it really is just very stressful and a lot of drama and a lot of it's just unnecessary. It's just it, it, it's like it, a it soap opera, you, like a twenty-first century soap opera. Yeah, a cross between that. <laughs> at, at, honestly, it's a cross between that and a bunch of immature kids in the playground fighting over um, who gets to you know be on the uh, the swing set next. I mean, it's just like it's that. Do they act like that silly? Wow. Over stupid stuff, you know. Well, okay, so I guess going back to what you. You actually do involve yourself with right. <laughs> No, okay. So with, like, these uh, criminal defendants and things like that, do you find mm-hmm. that the system in your state, in Pennsylvania, that they're, mm, that the laws are unforgiving or that there's, like, millions of loopholes or it's a kind of an uphill battle when you're facing, like, when you're representing a client? I think it's pretty uphill. I think they say it's like a defense-oriented system. I disagree with that. I think that the uh, uh, the prosecution has far more uh, ammunition because they've got police, obviously, on their side, and they kind of uh, – there's I don't want to say tricks, but there's a lot of things that, that they can do to kind of – Tilt things in their favor, let's just say, uh, especially with conspiracy when you have mobile co defendants, you know, getting them to kind of, uh, you know, kind of cooperate, we'll say. Um, wow. You know, can kind of drag other people into situations that maybe otherwise they wouldn't be in. Uh, does, does that. Hmm. Huh? It bothers me sometimes. Does that get past the judge? Like, I, I would think that there's some sort of mediation there, no? Or uh, You would think so, but not necessarily. Um, the, the problem is that when it comes to when you try to suppress evidence and that kind of stuff, it's usually the, the, the police officer's word against, you know, a, a criminal defendant if they are even willing to testify and usually – you know, that that usually turns out to be the judge believes whatever the cop says. Hmm. 
don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> kind of. It just sounds like so depressing. That sounds like very daunting. Do you think that applies like everywhere, basically, or is that unique to Pennsylvania or what? No, I, I think mean, it applies across the board, probably. You got some crazies out there right now, you know, currently about to go to trial. <laughs> like, soon, yeah, like yeah, that guy, Sandish. <laughs> Oh, that, oh, that, yeah. Well, no, I'm, and I'm not even talking about his situation. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. I'll tell you a story if you want to. Can I have a story, can we have a story time with, with me right now? Yeah, okay, fine. It's, it's all yours. Yeah. If you want one. With, no. with Esquire, let's go ahead. Okay, one of the last uh, cases my father had um, was a drug case where this woman was, where they had surveillance on this guy that was clearly, clearly making hand-to-hand sales with confidential informants, and I think a couple even undercover cops. He was doing it out of his house. Well, the house he was living in was a, a friend of his, and this and this woman, who was my dad's client, was going to work every day coming home. She was involved in none of these deals. She was never even seen when any of this was going on. Well, eventually they, they get the search warrant because this guy was living there and raided the house, and, you know, uh, they arrested both of them because of the whole conspiracy thing, and you know the fact is it was her house. Uh, so they Wait, and they were fall. married. No, they weren't married or anything. They were oh, just so like they friends. Have, they I don't even think that... they were like. I don't even think they had any kind of relationship outside of friendship. I don't think there was anything romantic going on. I think it was just like this was somebody she knew from high school or something like that. And was I doing see. a solid for they, and like renting a room like, to. Don't they normally have like? Uh, like, I forget what it's called, but, like, some sort of privilege there, like if they had been actually a couple that she wouldn't have to... Oh, yeah, you're talking about the marital or, doctrine. Yeah, like this, yeah. They, they wouldn't be allowed to testify against each other, yeah. But, but that's not what I'm talking about here. Yeah, no, she, it was it's her place, right? It was her, so it was her, her place. Thing. He was the, the drug dealer, though. Um, and to make a long story short, they both posted bail. He went on the lamb. He went on the run. He was their target. He was the guy they wanted. So she wound up going down for it. When they had none of her under surveillance, they had nothing, none of the confidential informants who were buying the drugs had any, had any interaction with her at all. But because it was basically her house under her roof, <laughs> she wound up doing three and a half years. So. Yeah. I don't think Theodore liked that story very much. He's no, and neither did I. And that was like a very upsetting, you know, you know. And I, I was very shocked that she was convicted. I was surprised the jury would, even with constructive possession, would would buy that. That she had anything to do with it because there was really no evidence other than the fact that it was her house. But yeah. uh, I mean, that's just how it goes in the system, though. Huh? So you got to well, watch to hang out with. What about some some good some good. Uh, Outcomes then, like that maybe that you've represented somebody successfully. Like that's not specifics, but like I don't know, any good stories. Like you're scaring me. Like I. Well, part of, part of one of the things is the lesson learned. I tell people this: like if you're in a room full of people, <laughs> like you know, I don't know what people's uh, attitude is about. And I'm just talking about narcotics now. Like from a criminal de- uh, defense standpoint, like you know. The police, if you're in, under the same roof as it, or if it's in the same room as you, you can get arrested and get in a lot of trouble for it, even though you yeah, got nothing to cars, do with it. You, or, or cars, right? Any, any right. 
property. Of course, that, forget yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I met guys where the roach was up in the ashtray in the front seat, and the passenger is in the back, my client, and they still arrest him for it. Uh-huh. Don't test him. Don't do anything to see if he's even was smoking it. We're talking about a roach. And they try and get him on conspiracy for that. I mean, come on. What about weapons and stuff, too? It's so funny. I remember seeing something, like some news brief, where some guy, they, like, arrested him, and they found, like, a gun up his butthole. (laughs) (laughs) They what? (laughs) Never mind. Okay, like, some guy was arrested for something else, like, or something, um, mm-hmm. And when he was arrested, and they do the whole, you know, body scan and stuff, they they discovered like a, a gun or a weapon, like internally in his extremities. We we had like a gun up his rear end or something. Yes. <laughs> Why? I, you tell me. You're the lawyer. Hello. <laughs> never had that. I've never had a case like that. That is that's pretty that's damn like, clever though. Like, that's like in a enema domain. <laughs> well, I had a guy. I had a guy when the police came and raided him. He had a tape to his, you know, his his sack. He had a what? He had a he had a pack of cocaine tape taped to his. Uh, well, that's like that. That sounds like kindergarten compared to sticking who knows how many inches in your rectum and then just chill. You get all like you have. How do you sit down? Like that's weird. Or what if the thing went off? Exactly. Is it loaded? Um, you know, that's a very good question. <laughs> no. <Jeez. idea>. Ew. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay. I don't even remember if that was a question I had or if I just brought that up randomly. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, it made it made a. Uh, Theodore quiet, so I guess. Yeah, I heard him growling. Yeah, he's he's happy now and he's back asleep, which is the end result. So the end justifies the means, right? I guess so. <laughs> anyway, all right, yeah, I'm gonna play a song. So please, if you can, stay awake and stay on the line, and I'm gonna continue speaking with you and asking you some more questions. Um. <laughs> But yeah, but in the meanwhile, I'm gonna play something. Let me let me pick out a song. I will play. Darn it. Um, video um, kill the radio star. No, huh? no, not not today. Uh-uh. Okay, I'm gonna play "Break You" by X Factor. So okay. please stay tuned and listen, listeners out there, you're listening to Playtime with Sandra, and we'll be right back with uh, the rest of my interview with Anthony F. List, Jr. of PSLicensedLawyer.com. Here you go. Can't stop. Can't stop. Can't stop these sorts of margins.
listen to more of their sounds on NakedGirlsRadio.com anytime you'd like. And this broadcast will end at 9.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. After that, feel free to jump on NakedGirlsRadio.com and listen to uh, even more Playtime with Sandra on Naked Girls Radio. I'm your host, Sandra London, and you're listening to Playtime with Sandra. So, uh, Anthony List Jr., yes. are you still there? I am. Woohoo! All righty. So, <laughs> now where were we? Um, we were all guns, over the place there. Yeah. Okay. Guns, narcotics. Uh, yeah. Family law. Family law. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. 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 Now let's switch it. Let's see. How about golf? Why don't you talk about golf? Do you want me to talk about? I, I'm not like a pro or anything, but I, I like to play well, golf. What would you like yeah. to know about golf? I know a lot about um, golf. Like, it's, it's what, by the way, it's matches week this week. Who? So this wait, is going to be the biggest week in golf coming up. The Masters oh, really? this week. Yeah. Well, I know. I know Tiger Woods just won big recently. Yep. Right? He just won something, but what was that? What? He won Arnold Palmer's big tournament. At Bay Hill in Orlando, that's like kind of a big deal. It's very prestigious. Okay. So he's like in he's like in prime position coming into this tournament. And Phil Mickelson's playing well too, and he's like his big rival. So he almost okay. won in Texas today. But he didn't. So this is gonna be a good one. So he, but he didn't win today. So who won in, instead of him? Um, I turned around and went, who the hell was the guy? What's the guy's name again? Uh, Hunter Mayhem. Ah. He's pretty good too, but it's gonna be a good one I think this week. Nice, cool. All right, so like, when did you start playing golf and like why? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just like did it kind of. Um, I played it a little bit in high school, but it always conflicted with baseball. And then since baseball ended, like you know, I got really hooked on it again. Um, play it's a great social game. It's fun to go out and do it with your friends. It's one of the few games you can. Uh, go out and, like, kind of smoke cigars or do whatever because it's not like it really, it's really that athletically demanding, but it sort of is, like, hand-eye coordination-wise. And But it's it's hard to describe unless you've played because once you start playing and hitting balls, you're going to get you hitting some balls and see what I'm talking about. You're probably pretty good. But you uh, you get you get very hooked on it. Like, you just you love if – you, if you love baseball or basketball, it's, like, perfect go-to sport. Why I see all the big, you know, ex, uh, you know, athletes going and playing golf now. Like Michael Jordan and all them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's okay, addicted. So yeah, I'll take your word for it that I I would enjoy it. Um, I've played like miniature golf, but not. Well, it's not bad, but yeah, not it's, it's a little different. <laughs> a little different. Oh, well, a big part of the game is putting, though. The biggest part is putting. What people don't realize. So if you're playing mini golf and you can putt well, that's a good start. But, you know, you got to be able to hit it a good way, too. <laughs> but the guys who win on the tour, the funny thing is that the guys that putt real well. So they'd probably be pretty good mini golf players, too, if they were to go do that. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cool. All right. And then um, tell me, like, I guess about your love of movies, like, I know you were one of the people that was, like, completely horrified that I've never watched any of The Godfathers. Um, yeah, what, that's, 
I mean, come on. I still on. haven't. I still have not. <laughs> I will. I promise I will, but I still have not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, The Godfather is one of the best crime drama movies ever, possibly. How could you have never watched that? Um, That's just... I don't... It just never crossed my mind. <laughs> you're, you you don't know what you're missing, and is all I can say. It's probably one of the well, best movies ever. It is the best movie ever, in my opinion. Well, I like I like like cool movies. Like, well, okay, never mind. I just cool. not say that. Cause, well, okay, like American Psycho. I like that movie because so Dale was awesome in it. <laughs> I like twisted movies too. Did you ever see Mulholland Drive? No. Okay, it's kind of twisted, like American Psycho is twisted. It's good, yeah. David Lynch. Yeah. Yeah, go it's on, good. Go on. What else? What else? I gotta write down well, these movies. I need to. Well, he also did. Um, David Lynch also did. What the hell was it? He did Mulholland Drive, then he did. Uh, God, he did Blue Velvet. Ah. With yeah, Isabella I, Rosalini. I did see that but I was probably way too young to even be watching the film when I saw it. So I only Mm -hmm. remember, like, certain parts about it. (laughs) Yeah. She gets gets fuck naked in some scene there, I know. (laughs) So. I think, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So anyways, tell me about your friendships with, like, other lawyers in your profession, because I know that's how I met you by Michael Federosi. Mm-hmm. How often do you guys all hang out, and do you just like have some unwritten rule to like not talk about work and not talk about law, or do you guys just end up? Yeah, it's a good question. Law, like, yeah, I'm friends with guys I went to law school with, or guys that uh, I went to college with that became lawyers. Uh, I don't really hang out with much with the people that I practice in the county with. Like, I don't hang out with a lot of the DAs. Or uh, other defense attorneys. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's maybe, maybe I don't know. Uh, I don't know, uh, but but I do hang out with you know lawyers that don't. Some that do the same kind of law I do, and some that don't. Um, but yeah, we all have the same like stories about you know I had this case or you know this client or have you ever been out to this county the DA's office and trying to deal with these people or this judge or whatever yeah yeah you know okay. and like how often do you actually are you actually in court is it pretty much every like five days a week and with multiple cases or is it kind of like a rush um a probably at least on average three and it's usually in the beginning of the week like I have to be in there tomorrow morning. I have to be in two different places. And when you're in, and I'll get into this, uh, when you're in private practice, there's, there's two kinds of, uh, you know, well, not two kinds of lawyers, but some some of the people I went to law school with, for instance, um, you know, went to work for, like, very big firms. And that's great in the sense that you get, you know, a steady paycheck, and it's like, you know, it's kind of a, a sure thing. But, you know, uh you're you're billing out, you're responsible for like a certain amount of billable hours, minimum of forty, usually somewhere around fifty, so that's like you're 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 practically locked up in a closet somewhere, like just doing paperwork and occasionally getting into court eventually. And even then it's just that's kinda of just it's sort of a, a a drag. Um even when you're working for the big white shoes you law firms that are billing you out at big 
you know, at big numbers and, you know, you're making a nice paycheck, but it's just it's so dry and boring. And, you know, it's usually those big insurance defense firms that, that defend, you know, you know, big companies for, you know, their slip and fall cases. Like my one buddy's always defending uh, Home Depot and stuff. But, you know, I don't want to say he's miserable, but he, he re- would much rather be in private practice like me now. I'm in private did practice. Out? Did you start out with, in private practice? Um, like yeah, ago, I, I did. Okay. I did, and I should have. The best way to go to private practice, in my opinion, is though, is to cut your teeth. And what I should have done is maybe done a year or two in the DA's office, getting more trial experience before you just go right into private practice, which is what I did. But yeah, I was under the tutelage of my uncle and father, so it wasn't like I was totally like that green. You know, I kind of had them looking over my shoulder the whole time, which was a good thing. Yeah. Well, did but, you, like, always have it in mind then to go into law no matter what then, since you were kind of raised around it? or? I, I always knew it was it? in the back of my mind. And it was in the back of my mind. But what I was going to say to you is you said how many times am I in court? Like, I'm in court on average three times a week. And, for instance, tomorrow I have to be in two different court courtrooms at the same time. But luckily there's multiple cases on the docket for each court, so I'll run to one in the morning, you know, try to work whatever I can out there or have my hearing, and then haul asked back to this other courthouse to, you know, handle this other uh, client's case. But, you know, fortunately, in both courts, you know, there's multiple cases on the docket, and I've already let them know, hey, i got to be two places at once. And what I'm saying is for you to make a living in private practice, it's the only way you're going to do it. You know, you've got to, like, be able to just... Double book. (laughs) Double book, yeah, exactly. Double book, be here and there at the same time. But then, you know, Thursday and Friday, i got nothing on. But it's usually front-loaded. At the beginning of the week is always when, especially with criminal cases, they always list everything for Mondays to see what can't be worked out as far as pleas and that kind of stuff and negotiations go. And if it can't be, then it gets put on, you know, later on the week for an actual trial. And, and that's how I, I it usually goes. I have a question goes. about that, actually. Well, sort of. Like, okay, so for some of your clients, when things maybe don't work out in their favor, like, do you mm-hmm. ever, is there any, ever, like, a particular time or times where you're just sort of like, wow, this person, like, you know, maybe I got them less time, but they're going to be doing quite a few years, and you just feel like, something when you're like, oh, those those bars are going to be closing behind them real soon, darn, like, or you're just like, oh, I guess it is what it is, or what, do you have to kind of... A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Yeah, a little bit of both. Sometimes, you know, you feel a little bit bad for them because, I mean, jail sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. You give it your best shot is really all you can do because, you know, you get personally too wrapped up in it. It, it, That'll burn you out and also kind of, uh, I think, interfere with your 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 thinking. You, you can't get too emotional about it. Right. So that makes sense. Well, yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard not to sometimes. Right. Well, um, huh. This is so, this is interesting because I've been looking forward to interviewing lawyers, and I'll probably be able to interview uh, your friend, Michael Federosi, pretty soon. But, yeah, it's, like, I guess, a pretty good uh, reality check for me, I guess, as far as 
you know, the ups and downs of working in the legal field, I guess. So since I'm not sure if people listening in, if they know or not, but, like, I've loved the study of law, like, forever, like, since high school. And uh, if you guys have read some of my posts in the past, um, one of my favorite books of all time is Crime and Punishment by Fyodor Dostoevsky. And I don't know, it's sort of like uh, getting that kind of glimpse into um, the mind of just a, like a human being, like when you're representing people and, you know, you're trying to do what's best for them, but also make sure that, you know, you're not perverting the course of justice and this whole kind of thing. Exactly. You know, that it just becomes all the more real when you're you're there representative, you're their guardian, you're like, you're trying to preserve both, uh, you know, justice and, I don't know what, everybody's fair, fair turn, their fair shake in court, whatever, <laughs> their <Right>. day, <laughs> this kind of thing, so I like, I, I appreciate being able to talk to you about it, but, um, but yeah, I want like, I want you to tell me the cool fun stuff about law, because I'm getting sad now. <laughs> a good result or when you get them kind of like something worked out and they were in trouble and you know they're very gracious about it I mean you have days where you know it feels very rewarding and you know especially with somebody who was who has had like a substance problem or something like that and you get them like drug court or something that's sort of where you know they you really see them actually turn their lives around and they come back to you you know years later and you see that they're really straight you know and doing very well, and you feel like you've kind of not only represented them you well, have, you have defended them well, but you've also been instrumental in seeing that, not instrumental, but you've also been sort of uh, a part of watching their life, you know, turn for the better. And if you sense. have been able to see see that happen, like in your 11, 12, 13 years of practice, <laughs> you've had yeah. people come back to you later and like thank Absolutely. you and stuff, and it's cool. Yeah, huh. yeah. The guy coming to the office the other day. I mean, he was in big time trouble, and I got on this uh, like a boot camp. Like when I first came out, I was very green, and I, you know, I wish they would offer that more to like you know drug offenders. But uh, it was almost like an army kind of situation. And you know, he went away and did like this army program for six months, and they just really like mentally and physically, I think it really was like the best thing that ever happened to him. And he came back, and he's got his own like. Uh, landscaping business or something like that and he looked great and he's never been in trouble since and that was like you know 12 years ago nice. because you know most of the, the problem with the whole the system particularly the criminal system is people go you know they go they go do their time they come out and they just reoffend because there's no there's no real, real rehabilitation in there that's my biggest problem with the system right now it's all punishment and they wind up just coming out it's not worse off than when they went in well are you like a part of different like uh, legal associations that try to do that kind of thing or implement reforms to the system. Yeah, but the problem is, especially level. in Pennsylvania and, and across the board, the problem is if, if you really don't have a whole lot to bargain with. Like if, if somebody's really like in big-time trouble on the case against them factually is pretty strong, although all my clients are generally innocent. Um, of course. <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, 
you know, the problem is the uh, the mandatory minimum laws are very strict. Like if like everything's a school zone, and if you have the smallest amount of um, you know, anything on you, and Wait, it's you know, what? packaged. If everything if everything's a school zone, then that doesn't bode well for Sandusky. <laughs> No, well, they but see, that's that's a different. I'm talking about drugs. Yeah, yeah, everything's, that's good. Yeah, everything's a school zone to him, right? No, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, God, yeah, did you see my name on okay. this program? This no, is not. No, the, I oh, you did already, didn't I, you? No. Stricken, stricken from the record. This is for entertainment purposes only. I'm actually talking to a brick wall right now. <laughs> Or you know what? I'm like Phil Hendry, and I I like I have like five million different voices. So I'm I'm okay. having an interview with myself, audience. There you go. Yeah. No, but what I was gonna say okay. is, anyway. particularly, particularly as it comes to drug cases, the penalties in Pennsylvania, and particularly across the board, I think, are so high. There's mandatory minimums they can say where. It's like, oh, if you don't like this deal, then guess what? There's a three-year mandatory minimum here. Or even if it's, if it's like some tiny-ass amount, they say, oh, well, that was a school zone because as a crow flies, if it's within, uh, I think it's 2,000 feet, it's, it's a school zone. That's two-year mando right there. You see what I'm saying? So, like, the person has to go do, like, a year and a half. Let's eat great. Because that's better, that's better than doing three. But the, where are these programs... As I was saying earlier, like my other client who came back to me that would actually rehabilitate somebody, I don't really see too many of them existing. Right. So. Huh. Well, hmm. And <laughs> And, yeah, who, else, who are some other interesting people that are from Pennsylvania? Uh, isn't Santorum from there? Yeah. Mr. Lovely Invisible Sweater Boy. Right. Yeah. Don't you love him? Isn't he awesome? <laughs> God. <laughs> what? Oh, man. Do you not agree that he's, like, absolutely priceless? Oh, he's priceless, all right. Uh, he's priceless. He's got a billionaire sugar daddy and everything. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. He has a billionaire <laughs> sugar daddy? Totally. Oh, my God. Who's it's his like, billionaire sugar daddy? I don't Okay, I'm going to say his the name wrong, but it sounds like Foster Freeze, kind of, but that's not the actual name, but that's what it sounds. It's like a weird name. Anyway, oh, bless him, bless his heart. <laughs> some, oh, some guy who's contributing to his campaign? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. You're not up on this, Mr. Nah, so you're very political. You only do very law, much not politics. Yeah, only law, no politics for you, right? Pretty much. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I, I didn't get into the political end of it, although, you know, some it. do. <sighs> you're the one with CNN all the time, right? Yes, always. Well, <laughs> um. Are you considering still everything for Ron Paul, by the way? Ever? Yes, I'm still madly in love with Ron Paul. That's someone I actually am not facetious about, where I actually truly do adore him. And even my dog right now is getting goosebumps or dreaming or something because he's, like, breathing really hard on my lap right now and moving his little feet around. Yes, I think he approves. <laughs> okay. Well, sorry, it's a little dog yeah. thing, but but you you I just I don't get that, but that's that's okay. Um, what? You don't like freedom? I'm just 
Anyway, right. yeah, I'm not. I'm not even gonna ask you about your political beliefs. Whatever. Okay, so how about um? <clears throat> let's see. Wow, I can't ask a lawyer about politics. Okay, well, let's see. Are there any like interesting um, laws that are like unique to Pennsylvania, whether you practice that field of law or not? That you're just like, oh, this is interesting because like I didn't have time to find out before. And sorry, but if you know of any offhand, if you don't, sorry to put you on the spotlight like that. But like, no, it's are there any interesting laws in PA that unique that you're like, huh? They're unique to unique to this state only that you don't that you don't that like that as far as I know are only unique to Pennsylvania. Yeah, like you know, like yeah, or maybe maybe not completely unique, but just interesting, like. Um. um what am I hinting at? I guess, like, okay, like, for example, um, I guess when you're talking about weapons and things like that and whatever, like, when I'm thinking of Florida, Trayvon Martin, and the whole, like, stand your ground type thing, are there any interesting, like, for criminal law, like, defending uh, someone, like, who used self-defense or some sort of something that's applicable to them being able to uh, supposedly or realistically defend themselves? Like, what are those laws? You know what, the the irony about that is, you know, it's not so much Pennsylvania, but I think in this country it's like it's the right to bear arms thing and everybody's allowed to have a gun. It seems like that's perfectly okay until they actually use it. And then it's (laughs) because you rarely rarely hear much self-defense out there. You know, so as soon as somebody, you know, I had a, I had a client where someone was literally like break, breaking in his house, not breaking, breaking in his house, like he was a tenant of his apartment, and there were guys that, uh, I guess his landlord had sent in to fix the whatever, and the guys were clearly loaded, they were drinking, and uh, he didn't want them coming into his place, and he had his wife in there, and he was like, look, get lost, and you know, I'm not saying it was worth it pulling a gun, but he pulled it, and somebody got shot and you know there was no self they weren't going about to entertain a self defense thing so my point is even in even though these guys were in his abode coming in like without his permission and he takes out his gun and uses it he's the one that wound up getting in trouble right so and did they have weapons on them were they no they didn't but you know at the same time you know it was his house and they were literally kicking the door in Oh, it was his house, but it wasn't his house, I guess, because his landlord owned it. Maybe, you know. So the landlord could have done it. If he was well, the landlord told, had given these guys <laughs> to go ahead to go in there and, and, and fix, and fix the house. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's still like, if someone were to kick in your door right now and say, oh, we don't care what you think, we're coming here to fix this, wouldn't you want to, like, you know, be able to do something about it? I'm a chick. Of course I can do something yeah. about it. Well, right? Pull a gun and you'll see. Uh, I don't trust myself with a gun. That's not going to be me. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> my point is that there, if, as soon as somebody actually uses it and starts shooting at somebody, no matter how grave the circumstances are, it seems like now it's a problem. Like your right to bear arms thing just went out the toilet, went out the window, and now you're a, uh, a criminal defendant. I'll put it to you that way. That's been my experience with that. Right. So you don't At least in PA, it seems like they so don't. You, don't. you don't live in the South. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yay. This is 
such uplifting and wonderful topics, huh? This yeah. Is awesome. Yay. Okay. <laughs> okay, so tell me, uh, let's see, tell me about, like, I don't know, your favorite music, the, I guess, genre-wise, the favorite type of music you like, as well as favorite artists or things like that. Um, I, I like all I like all music. The only kind of music I can't seem to quite get a grasp on is the country stuff. It seems to be very popular. I don't know. There's some good I don't know country what it is. out there. There's some What's good that? country out there. There's good country music out there. We'll see. You know, you. <laughs> you get it. Name, I just don't. I don't know. A lot of people are into it. I just. But um. You know, I like everything classic rock and roll. Led Zeppelin stuff to like the new stuff you hear. I mean, you know, 80s, whatever, Prince, uh, 70s music I like. Bee Gees is cool. Stuff the old school, like that you can dance to, is is cool. Um, Yeah, like, you know. I haven't been to a concert in a while, though. You got me thinking here. Yeah. Well, Lenny Kravitz in L.A. out there one time. That was right after I took the bar exam, actually. That was pretty cool. He was good. Tell me, um, let's see, tell me about, you know what, I can't think of my question anymore. Tell me about, um, jeez. Uh, damn. <laughs> this sucks, man. My brain is like, okay, I'm going to do a brief disclaimer to everyone tuning in right now. Like, I, because of this dog, I've severely limited my smoking, like, cigarettes. And um, and he also has kept me awake at different crazy hours. So I'm going to just let you guys know that. <laughs> Yeah, can People I do a disclaimer to them that it's 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 past midnight here and it's way past my bedtime and that's well, why I'm a little bit off tonight too. No, 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 no. You're doing perfectly fine. You're doing perfectly fine. It's 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 me right now. I'm just like out of it. But um, tell me about uh animals. Are you gonna give me the you're gonna give me the it's not you it's me thing, huh? Yes, I am. <laughs> tell me about your tell me about animals like growing up. Any animals you had? And I know you have a cat now. And I know his nickname is that bastard. <laughs> yeah. And the remorseful like, being like, seen. Yeah. Like, tell me about. You had other animals growing up? Cause yeah, I, I grew up with the, the, I grew up with dogs. What kind of dogs? I had a Yorkshire, like uh, an Irish Setter. When I was really little. Then a Yorkie that was that lived for a long time, like until I was in college. Um, from the time I was in grade school. Uh, yeah. And and like, I, what made you a cat person? Well, the, the irony of that is I never really was one. Uh, my ex's cat had died, and I got this kitten. I adopted him. And when we split, you know, quite a few years ago, it was pretty obvious that he was attached to me. So he stayed with me. Aww, that's yeah. so cute. Yeah, you never thought it. <laughs> But he acts like a dog. He acts sort of. like a dog. Yeah, he'll play fetch and stuff. It's weird. 
You know, the, the, the cats, I think, are really cool, but I don't know if Theodore would like them or if ever, but, um, like, Savannah's and um, Bengals, because they are, like, dogs in a sense. Like, they they like to fetch, they like to swim, um, and, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. And you can actually walk them humanely with a leash, which is pretty badass to me. I like that because... Yeah, cats have a mind of their own, as we all know. They're very independent, yeah. But cats that are willing to be leashed, that's, like, very interesting to me. <laughs> and I've never like tried crazy. that. They look like crazy, I've... like, sleek tiger people. They're awesome. They're beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. If Theo would not approve, then it just can't happen. I can only watch a little videos of them on YouTube. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to put on, let's see, I'm going to put on one more song here real quick, and I might be able to do a live reading of an excerpted uh, short erotic story um, that was submitted by um, Sea Lover, um, The Other Side of the Caveman. I'm going to try to do a live reading of that if I have enough time, but I need to pick, like, a song or something in the meanwhile um, but, um, thank you so much, Anthony F. List Jr. Of course. Of com. Thank you so much for allowing me to interview you and wake you up in the middle of the night when you have, like, a lot of work to do tomorrow. No in problem. And in your no problem. office and all that. And, um, I guess, uh, say hello to Fat Bastard. Um, I will. Tell him I said hey. And, I will. Um, you already bit me earlier, but yeah. Yeah, and um, <laughs> thanks so much. And um, yeah, you should consider running for office one day, like in Pennsylvania, um, if only to keep out invisible sweaters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'll end keep on that in the back of my mind. Yeah. Although, although if I do, this this interview may come back to haunt me. Uh-uh. Well, it never happened, dude. I'm totally a ventriloquist doll. I, I'm like multi-vocal talented, and it's it's only me here, me and my brick wall and Theo. Theo's talking. <laughs> That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I swear. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good dreams, and thank you very much. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay, so that was the end of the interview with the legal eagle, Anthony F. List Jr. If you're in Pennsylvania and you'd like representation, check out his website, <clears throat> palicenselawyer.com. And, ooh, let's see, I will play, darn it, I still can't figure out what I want to play because, um, um, um. All right. Okay, I'm going to do Blood by Assimilation, and if I have enough time, you know what, I'm not going to have enough time. So after this song, please feel free to check out um, the rest of Playtime with Sandra over on NakedGirlsRadio.com. You'll hear a lot more music and um, a lot more erotica, some of my audio erotica. And next weekend, I promise you, I will give you a live reading of that story, the uh, the gentler side of the caveman, um, by Sea Lover. But taking you out for tonight is blood.
by Assimilation. You've been listening to Playtime with Sundra on Playtime with Sundra Radio on Blog Talk Radio. Good night. Deep inside you, in your mind's eye, lies the memory of how we used to be. Haunting photos that possess you, can't discard them, they arrest you. It's the blood. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. 
But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. 